Hello everyone and welcome to the Champions Cast here on ZeldaDungeon.net. My name is Andy Spateri, joined by the one and only Allison Aletha. Al, happy Valentine's Day. How you doing? How are you? Aw, thanks. Happy Valentine's Day to you and Sam. I'm doing pretty good. I'm cold though. We, I don't know, like I'm pretty sure everybody else is getting hit too, but like we just got hit by three uh, snowstorms in a row in two days. So... <laughs> I'm cold. <laughs> Dude, it is freezing. Freezing here. We've had, like, the cold warning, uh, uh the, or the cold weather uh, warning yeah. on for, like, the last yeah. week. And we're trying to, to potty train our puppy, and he's just like, oh. uh-uh, I ain't going outside. Like, oh, forget that. Oh, baby. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I feel you, man. It's super, super cold. Um, But hopefully that will pass. Um, you know what, we've been talking, I, I feel like, Al, we should just get straight to business here today, because I think that this might be a longer one, actually, but, Yeah, uh, this might be long. We've been talking about this for a while, and we're finally here, uh, we are, we are kicking off our, our Oracle coverage, our celebration of The Legend of Zelda, the Oracle of Ages, and Oracle of Seasons, 20th anniversary, if you can believe it, uh, with this retrospective on Legend of Zelda Oracle of Ages. And maybe we should give a quick shout out actually, because um, next week when we record, we're going to be recording on the actual 35th anniversary of the Legend of Zelda. So that is coming up literally next Sunday. It's it's crazy. It's crazy that, uh, you know, it's, it's been that long. I just love that this is a series that they decided, you know, they would just continue for you know, this long and hopefully longer. It's just kind of crazy that something can go this long. Cause I know, you know, some stuff you like watch a TV series or a movie series and it's only like 10 years long and you're like, okay, that was great. But this is something that we have gotten to enjoy. People have gotten to enjoy for 35, hopefully going on more years. And I just think that's amazing. Uh, the longevity of the series is uh, just, truly staggering and you know what we should uh we should also give allison a quick plug over to the zelda dungeon uh twitch channel because uh, our fearless oh, leader yeah. mossies is going to be attempting something uh pretty pretty daunting actually he's going to be doing 35 hours of legend of zelda gameplay to celebrate 35 years of the legend of zelda so that's going to be on uh February the 20th and 21st uh but it's gonna be it's gonna be kicking off at 10 a.m eastern time on the 20th and uh we got like back to back to back to back games here uh we're going chronological order Legend of Zelda right down the list and we're ending with the Wind Waker HD so that's gonna be a lot of fun and you get to see uh both Oracle of Ages and Oracle of Seasons play to celebrate their 20th anniversary so Al, without, uh, without any more shilling here, let's get straight to business and talk about The Legend of Zelda Oracle of Ages. Now, this was the first time that you had ever played this game, right? Yeah, so I, and you know what, I've, I've played Seasons, but it's been so long, like, I want to say 16, 17 years. So, I, it's it did feel really brand new to me, which was really cool. Um, but I had no idea what exactly, I thought I knew what this game had in it, but I, I clearly had no idea. So I'm excited to talk about it. Let's, uh, let's talk about that actually. Like what, what did you think that Oracle of Ages was all about 
when you but like before you started playing it because i'm betting that there's probably some people listening to this that that are in the same camp that haven't played ages uh ever or if they were even like me i i hadn't played ages in probably about five years at this point but what what did you kind of what was your impression of the game before you started um well i from talking to people i knew it was the puzzles heavy version uh whereas seasons was like combat i guess so i knew that it was gonna be i had to be clever maybe had to use the guide a bit because i probably wasn't clever enough so i knew that going in i didn't know for some reason i don't know why i thought this probably because the only time i've ever seen this game played was at the marathon so people do it quickly but i thought it was going to be a lot faster a lot less hours put into it a lot less dungeons there were so many dungeons i was like shocked and i wasn't expecting that i don't know why like it's it's a perfectly solid length zelda game but for some reason i just thought it maybe because the last uh 2d zelda game that or 2d ish zelda game that i played was the link between worlds and it's so fast paced and it's so quick and so maybe i just thought that this game was going to be quick and fast like that but it just it's not so I went into it thinking I didn't have to put very many hours into it, but I think I clocked in around 16 or 17 hours because it was my first time. Nice. Nice. Yeah. I I didn't time myself, but I would guess, uh, I would guess I was at least 10, uh, maybe, maybe 12, something like that. Um, and I'm, and I'm still, so I've been playing seasons after, cause next week we're going to be doing an episode about the dungeons of seasons. So I've been doing that and I linked my games. So I've actually kind of been going back a little bit too, and, and doing some stuff in ages. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's funny that you, you kind of said that cause I wanted to, to get your opinion on this. Um, I, so I just finished playing, basically I'm, I'm basically done seasons and, uh, you know, it ages has the reputation of being the puzzle game and seasons has the reputation of being the combat game. And I think that that is true, but I think it's exaggerated just a little bit. Um, I don't know if you notice that at all, or if you'd agree with that, but like there's, there's definitely some very tricky combat parts in ages and some very tricky puzzles in seasons. So I, I don't know that they're like so far in one direction as you know, we're all led to believe. Would you agree with that? Um, I think I would have to play Seasons before I could fully say so, but I think with Ages, it definitely held up for the puzzles part that everybody's told me about. I was like, yeah, this is definitely a very puzzle-heavy game. I don't know how Seasons is going to play out just because I don't remember it. Um, I do think that a lot of the boss fights were pretty complicated, and it wasn't like they were puzzles. It was just because I sucked at fighting, so. Yeah. (laughs) So, like, I can understand that being a little complicated, but to be honest... Aside from rooms where I had to fight enemies to get to move on, I feel like I didn't pay attention to the enemies that much. So it was like the dungeons were definitely uh, puzzle focused, in my opinion. Yeah, and and, uh, that's totally fair. And I do like I do agree that, you know, each of them kind of leans into their respective strength a little bit more. But it wasn't as extreme as I maybe um, remember it. But let's just get kicked off here. And uh, and talk about ages. This is uh, this is the first Zelda game that was not developed by Nintendo, and I think that that's kind of cool because, like, as we all know, um, Capcom signed up and they did basically a trilogy of Legend of Zelda games, and it was supposed to be more than a trilogy actually, but they did uh, Ages, Seasons, and the Minish Cap, and I think that those are actually like the collectively three of the better Legend of Zelda titles in the series. So it's pretty amazing that, you know, 
Capcom was able to come in and kind of nail down this uh, this this is aesthetic in this formula and make them as good as as they turned out being. Yeah, um, I actually do think that's cool, and it's something I noticed with Minish Cap, which I've played more recently, is that they recycle so much stuff from the. It's like. It, and it's not in a bad way. I don't mean that in a bad way, but they take like all the best things about Zelda, the the very specific Zelda formula from the '90s that we all love, you know, um, and the characters and some of the noises, and they recycle them into the games, like Minish Cap, and um, as I've seen Oracle of Ages now, like some of the characters I remember, you know, Happy Mask Salesman. You see him, the Carpenters, you Tingle, the Mayor, Dog Lady. You know, so I was like, oh, I like seeing all these familiar faces. And they just do it so well that it doesn't feel like it's just a knockoff, you know? Yeah, yeah. So uh, I'm, so I'm glad you brought that, that up, actually, because that I feel like that's a, a very, um, like, a very important distinguisher. Because a lot of a lot of Oracle of Ages, like, you, you can tell it, it's the same engine as Link's Awakening DX, right? And uh, a lot of it feels... Like, a lot of the, the NPCs are, like, literally the same kid from that game. But then you do come across guys like the Happy Mask Salesman or, like, the Postman or my personal favorite, the Hand in the Toilet. And it's oh, just yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> it's like, this is sweet. Like, this is from the the big Zelda games that I know, like Majora's Mask and, and Ocarina of Time. Like, this is really cool. And I think that the Oracle games really do a good job of kind of nailing that down. Uh, and I, I really feel like it helps them stand out a little bit from uh Link's Awakening I just think it's so cool because like like I was saying they take things from all these games that I could very clearly see when I was playing Oracle of Ages I saw when you're uh traveling between past and present it's like dark world light world from Link to the past you got the same engine as Link's Awakening the original and then the time concept is like pretty much the same as Ocarina of Time so they took all these things that we loved from previous game and put them in one mesh and i loved it i love that portion of it at least yeah i i totally agree um i want to actually talk about another thing that i really really think helps these games kind of stand out and forge an identity of their own um because like i said like so much of it is taken straight from link's awakening it's easy to look at this as kind of like uh i don't know not a clone but like it's very easy to look at it as, you know, this is just Link's Awakening reskinned. But uh, I'm going to give some love to my boys, Moosh, Dimitri, and Ricky. Because I feel yeah. like their inclusion really kind of goes under the radar and, and is underrated. And how important those guys are into making these games feel a little bit different, a little bit unique. Um, you know, you don't use them a ton, but you use them enough. And uh, it's especially cool, too. And, like the linked game where they cross over and stuff like that. But I feel like the, the animal buddies are like, you know, really kind of important distinguishers in just making sure that like the Oracle games have an identity of their own and it's not just uh links awakening two or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I, with those, with the animals and also I think with them um, blossom and bip and whatever his name's kid, it's kind of one of those things where we don't see a lot in Zelda or very much at all is the decisions that you can make that right. can uh, change how the game is played later on. And I guess the links game later too. So I didn't know that you only get to choose one animal 
and I'll, I'm sure I'll talk about this later. <laughs> so I, I just kind of thought, I was like, oh, look at all these little animal friends that I'll have throughout the game. No, you only get to choose one. And <laughs> and I didn't get the one that I wanted, but that's okay. Well, um, but also get? the I got Dimitri, which I'm totally okay with. I like Dimitri, but I like Ricky better. Um, And then the kid, too. The kid gets to grow up kind of how you, you know, molded him, which was kind of cool. So I like that part, that as well. What what did you name the kid? RD. <laughs> RD. I named him Zozo. Zozo. Aw, that's cute. No. RD is like a name that I always name things like uh, if I have a dog and Stardew or something, I always name it RD. Aw. Uh, yeah, I, I really like that uh, about ages. This the little things that that make it stick out like the animal buddies or uh, like baby Zozo and, and his family there. Uh, it's weird how quickly that kid grows up, by the way, because he's a full adult yeah. in like the course of the game. Um, I mean, you're messing with time a lot, so it's not really that surprising. That That is true. That is true. But yeah, I, I really do love seeing like the, uh, the 2d versions of these like classic 3d characters. I, I think it really kind of gives it um, a leg to stand on here. Um, you know what is one thing that I do love about uh, about this world that Oracle of Ages presents is like it feels massive to me. Like it it feels super big, like way bigger than Link's Awakening. And I don't actually even know if that's the case, but like when I open up the pause menu and I saw all of the squares, it's like oh my god, like this place is huge. And then you have the the older version of everything as well. So like. There was really like just yeah. a ton of of overworld and a ton of map to to sink your teeth into. It 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 did feel really daunting at first, but I think one of the things that I enjoyed a lot about the game is filling the map. I I really wanted to, and I don't think I did. I think I got pretty close though. By the end, I was kind of bypassing a lot of extra stuff because I just needed to finish the game. Right. But I I really enjoyed going through and being like, okay, wait, I missed the square over here. I need to come down here <laughs> and fill my map because the map looks really cool. So I really wanted to fill it all, and it it felt kind of like I was hundred percenting it a little bit. Yeah, uh, I agree with you. There was a, there was like one panel that I can't get, and it's right in the sea in the center. Um. And, like, there's, like, all these whirlpools blocking it off. And I can't figure out how to get there. Uh, I might <laughs> go back and try and get there. But, yeah, I, I think that the the map is, like, really, really well done, actually. Like, really well done. There's a little bit of everything. I feel like everything that you'd want from, from like, a Zelda map. You have this, this really nice-looking beach. You have uh, Linus City, which is a great little hub town. Uh, you, you, you just have, like, kind of your greatest hits. You have the mountains. You have the... The creepy uh, graveyard, it's uh, its very well put together, I feel like. And I feel like Ages really does the dual map gimmick really well. And and it does this, and, and we've seen this gimmick used before in A Link to the Past, and even kind of in Ocarina of Time to a certain extent. But um, I feel like Ages just like really gets a lot of mileage out of it. And I really like the parts in Ages where... Um, I don't know the best way to put this, but like what you do in in the future informs what you do in the past. I, it, it makes me feel like really, really cool. Um, so, for example, like there's a there's a portion of the game where you get bomb flowers, and 
you oh, yeah. you collect them in the future and then you take them to the past and because you've taken them to the past they grow in the future which is how you were able to get them in the first place and i just like really love that kind of like time play gimmickry um it, it reminds me of getting the song of storms and ocarina of time which i always thought was such a cool like it was so cool how he taught you the song and because he taught you the song in the future you taught it to him in the past um lots of times in oracle of ages you get kind of the same kind of the vibes of that so i, I really love that i think that they use the the gimmick uh really really well that has to have a that has to have a name for that like phenomenon because I love seeing that in movies and TV shows too. Like uh, yeah, you just, right. It's like it's such a cool thing because when you finally make the connection yourself, you're just like, oh, that's actually really good. So I totally agree with you there, and I thought that was cool. The the one that pops up to my brain also is the bomb uh the bomb flower as well. So I also really like that. I just wish I knew what it was called. I'm sure it has it's, a name. It's got to be called something. Yeah. Anyone out there listening, let us know. And it kind of throws, like, because I've always, uh, regarding the timeline of Zelda, I've always kind of considered it the endgame theory of time travel. But this game kind of throws that out of whack. <laughs> They're like, no, it, the past totally directs the future. And I'm like, ah, crap. this It's all jacked up. So Oracle of Ages might have ruined the timeline a little bit for me. <laughs> oh, boy. Ruined it more than it was already ruined. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, I, I feel like... Um... I feel like so there's there's three different stages of you know ages using the the dual map gimmick the dual map gimmick and I feel like um like each stage does a really clever job actually it's so like when you start off and you have to use like the specific warp points it makes the puzzles a little bit more strategic I guess and you, and you have to really kind of be aware and plan what you're doing and then when you get to the second stage where you only need half of that and you can warp back whenever you want um, when you're in the past. I feel like kind of opens up the map a little bit more. And then finally, like you, you put the key in and you can turn it and open the door all the way when you when you finally get like the the last song and you can just, you know, willy nilly go back and forth between time. So like I feel like Ages just really, really gets a lot out of this gimmick and uh, makes it like makes it stand apart from A Link to the Past, which is what I feel like would have been really, really easy to just kind of say, like, oh, okay, this is just a, like, we it's a recycled gimmick, or we've seen this before, or whatever. I feel like Ages really sets itself apart by using its overworld as, like, a big puzzle, and, uh, and really, really stands out in that regard with the map. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, I, what... Especially with the first portion, what really comes to mind is, I think it's called Crescent Island or whatever. It's kind of a maze where you're going through trading and finding your items. Yes. And so you have to do it correctly or else you're going back around in another circle because you have to go between the past and the present. And it's a hot mess, but, I mean, it makes sense. <laughs> They're trying to make you think. And and then at the end, when you get the song where you could do it whenever you want, you have to – they kind of, like – you're like excited, like, yes, I can finally go back in time and or go back forward in time and whenever I want. And they're like, well, you kind of have to think about it still because you can wind up being on a tree or a rock and then you get sent back. <laughs> and now you have to find another place to teleport because you want to be on solid ground. And it kind of it, it's annoying, but also like makes you think. Yes. Uh, yeah. And we'll talk. We'll talk about Crescent Island here in just a bit. Uh, you know what, Nelson? <laughs> I can't believe I forgot to bring this up, but. Um, kind of on the same note about how Ages brings in like the tingles and the postmans and stuff like that. 
One thing that I really, really love about this game is that it also brings in the Gorons and the Zoras. Um, I love that. It, it again kind of makes it feel like it's bridging that gap between your traditional 2D Zelda games and uh, and the newer 3D games. Um, and I think that uh, both of the sprites for the Gorons and the Zoras, actually, particularly the Zoras, look really, really cool. So I, I love that they show up in this game. I yeah, 100%. I thought that like I have a note down there when we do get to Zora Village that the Zoras are really cool looking. <laughs> I yeah. the Gorons, you know, that I'm like used to seeing Gorons in 2D from like Phantom Hourglass and stuff like that and I'm like, yeah, that's cool, but the Zoras because they they don't look like Zoras from like A Link to the Past in 2D. They look like the Ocarina of Time Zoras, which I just think is so cool. Yeah. And they, and they look I think their their sprite work is is really really good. Yeah probably the best from the game yeah yeah maybe you know what i didn't actually make any notes about this but this is like you know contextually speaking this is a really good looking game like a lot of the sprite work is really good a lot of the enemies look really look really cool um, i made a note a little bit later but i'll just bring it up now i think like the lionels look really awesome they look like these like little tiger things uh that are very intimidating uh yeah you yeah. know a lot of it a lot of it is recycled, of course, but there is enough right. unique sprite work where you have the, uh, oh god, I'm blanking on their name, the the island guys, the, the Toke or whatever, uh, they look really cool, uh, the Zoras look really cool, there, there's a lot of, like, unique sprite work, I feel like, in this game that, that does look, you know, pretty good, considering these are 20-year-old Game Boy Color games. I, um, yeah, I think so, too, and, you know... I think that I'm trying to think if I would like it better if they would be in the Link's Awakening style if they got remade. I I think so, but there's like such a charm to it now that I've played the game Oracle of Ages and I'm going to play Oracle of Seasons that I, I might be sad if I really wanted the cartoon style for them if they got remade, but I might be sad if they did because there is definitely a charm to them and I like them. Um, yeah, I, I think that yeah, actually, you know what? I'm just gonna save my uh, my thoughts on remaking because maybe we'll maybe we'll come back to this in the future here. But I think okay. that uh, <laughs> I think that the art style of Oracle of Ages is, and Seasons is actually like quite charming. You just don't really see it very often. You basically see it in like the opening cutscenes, and and that's basically it. But uh, you know, I think if they like redid that, that would look uh, that look kind of cool. Um, but let's talk about the actual like in game video game here al I, I jotted down some notes from my playthrough and we can kind of go uh as long or, or or as short as you want to go here but um i just have a few quick tidbits that uh, that we can go over and you can interject here but i'm going to start off with one of the one of the big gimmicks of both of the oracle games here and i have to say i didn't really love it uh, and that's the ring gimmick where you can get your rings you can get them appraised. Uh, I don't know what it is. It's it's okay, but I feel like like eighty, probably more actually, probably ninety percent of the rings that you end up acquiring are just like kind of junky and they and they don't do anything. And for whatever reason, I didn't have this problem. You know, I have the opposite problem in seasons where I have a thousand rupees and I can't get any more. But I feel like in this game, I never had money like ever. Uh, so. 
Yeah, I, I feel like I have all these kind of weird rings and, and a lot of them aren't very useful. And like that's kind of like the the big side quest collectible in this game. I don't know. I, I was kind of lukewarm on, on the ring idea. What did you think of this? Um, yeah, 100% agree with that. I, I like the idea. I think it's cool. And I like the collectible aspect of it. Um, even though I guess you could get multiples. I don't really know how many are in each game. And if it's linked, I'm guessing you get to keep the rings from like ages and have them in seasons yes okay so you're like collecting from both games which is a cool concept like if you're gonna be one of those people that are gonna 100% or ages and seasons and you want to collect all the rings from both I think that's a cool thing I didn't use them though I in fact by the end I was like I know there's a bunch of chests with rings in this ocean but I'm not gonna go get them because I just want to finish the game (laughs) so I kind of like stopped caring about them after maybe the fourth dungeon i definitely never changed i don't even know which ring i have on i just liked appraising them and seeing what it was and collecting it i guess i'm a collector so yeah that part's cool but otherwise um yeah i mean like i i don't like the randomness of it like i i don't i don't mind like going and um if i do a really hard like side quests or something, I know that I'm going to get this reward. And to be fair, um, that does pop up in the Oracle games where like some of the rings are go- are always going to be one particular ring when you get it appraised, but other times it's just going to be random. And it's like, oh, okay, you I've, I've appraised this, but you already have it, so I'm going to buy it back for 30 rupees. And it's like, oh, okay, well, I guess I did that for nothing. And that kind of leads into my, my second um, issue, if you will, with the ring gimmick... Uh, is another big collectible or, or like, you know, side quest, if you will, is uh, the Gasha Seeds, which is actually kind of like a, a cool idea. Like you plant it and then you come back later and you can get a reward. 80% of the time, it's rings. And like, that's okay. But I, I don't like that that's random. But one of the things that I actually really wish could be improved about the Gasha Seed idea, and I think that this would be improved in a remake, is like, I wish that there was a way to like, track where you've put your gasha seeds because i bet you this happened yeah. to you well where you planted a seed you forgot about it you come back like you know like through like three hours later and you're like oh yeah cool i forgot about this it's it's a ring that now is obsolete and i don't need it anymore you know <laughs> yeah I, I i agree with that too i and you know i totally don't understand how it works you th- does it just you go to the past and you come back or is it just later in the game that it's grown uh yeah you just you just come back like later like after a certain amount of time it just seems weird because this is like a time travel game and i thought you know if i plant the seed and i go find the spot to travel come back look at it and then go back to the present and then it'd be there but then it wasn't it was just a ground tree it didn't have anything on it so it was kind of weird i i also gave up on that uh probably around three or four dungeons in because i was like i was like oh i gotta plant a seed here i was kind of like adamant about that at first but you know once you get so many dungeons in and you realize that you have so many dungeons left you're like oh this extra side stuff i don't need it (laughs) yeah well especially when you're getting rings and it's like it's like okay like this is this is the rock ring and like yeah it's, it's pretty cool that i don't like I'm not going to fall into a hole on, on crumbled ground, but also I could probably just like navigate my own way around that, you know? <laughs> yeah, fair enough. So yeah, I, I don't know. There, that was an, that was an okay gimmick. I thought, um, not, not a strength of either Oracle game, but it's, it's also like not incredibly offensive, uh, either. Right. 
Um, I do like, like I, like I said earlier, I think almost all of the overworld is really cool. I really enjoyed that you start off in like the creepy graveyard part. One thing that Allison, I want your, I want your hot take on here. What did you think of the fairy woods? Oh, um, <laughs> not my favorite. What did I say? Um, oh, I just said I played with fairies. It felt like the Lost Woods. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was kind of like, uh, I'm, I'm proud of myself for figuring it out on my own. I didn't use a guide for that part. Um, but otherwise it was kind of just annoying cause they just, they move you around to different screens. You have to do a certain sequence and I don't know. It was like, it didn't feel necessary really. I was going to ask you if you figured out like uh, the pattern or something. Cause I was in there and I was like, okay, there has to be like some kind of pattern to this. And like, I just kept on moving and moving and I was like, Nope, I don't think that there's any rhyme or reason to this. I think it's just, like, random. Was there a pattern and I'm just not very good? I think there is a pattern. I couldn't tell you what it is for sure. (laughs) Um, The first two are definitely easier than the last one. The last one you kind of have to do a little backtracking, if I remember right. So, like I said, but I, I was the same, though. I did, like, go back and forth until I finally figured it out. And I was like, oh, wait, okay. I'm going here and here. Oh, I'm back at the beginning. Okay, here, here, here. Ah, I'm back at the beginning. And, (laughs) you know, so it does have a pattern. I just don't think it's, like, uh, very obvious what the pattern is. Yes. Uh, I I could not figure out the pattern, like, at all. So if there's anyone out there that, uh, that has figured it out, let me know. And then the kick in the teeth is, like, you have to do it again. Uh, later in the game yes you do uh. <laughs> that, was, that that part i was definitely like oh, okay this is dumb like it was so it was so early at the beginning the first one that i was just like eh, it's okay but then you're so much later in the game and again the dungeons play a factor in how i feel about this game uh how like it's pacing so by then i was just so fed up i was just like i really just want to get to the next dungeon. why are you doing this to me yeah i i agree with that um one of the, you know you mentioned this earlier and you called it kind of a hot mess and i am <laughs> i'm going to double down on that and uh and you also just brought up pacing which i feel like is very important i i don't really care for the whole crescent island side quest where like you lose and it's not a side quest you have to do this but you lose yeah, you all of to. your items and you have to go in like the the precise specific sequence which nobody playing this game for the first time in a long time or ever is going to nail down. And you have to get all of your items back. This takes forever. Forever. I feel like the first two dungeons, like getting to them and and doing the dungeons was like going along really, really smoothly, like really crisply. I was having a lot of fun. Um, And then you get to this and it's just like, the momentum just grinds to a halt because you have to go back and you have to do this again and again and again. And, oh, yeah, this this is not my favorite. I'm sure that if you know the proper route, it's it's not that bad. But, I mean, to someone like, like you and I who are playing this game for, you know, the first time ever or in a long, long time, it's just like, oh, my God, I, I got all the way to the end and now I don't have a shovel? Are you kidding me? Right. <laughs> Um, I, I put very specific notes for this one because like you said, the first two dungeons, 
the pacing is good. Like, getting to the, you know, there's always a sequence before you get to a dungeon that you have to do, like, a series of events. And the first two dungeons are not bad at all. Like, they're not long. It's kind of, like, a good amount. And then you get to the dungeons, and the dungeons aren't terrible. They're not too long. They're a little, the second one was a little long and a little bit more puzzly. But it's not awful. And then you get to this part, and I felt like, this is what I said, I felt like I was going to Lanayru Mining Facility and doing the Bokoblin base at the same time. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> the first time you go to the Lanayru Mining Facility, you think you get there, and then they're like, no, you got to go this way to the secret entrance, and you have to activate all these nodes. And then when you're doing the Bokoblin base later on, you have to get all your weapons back and, cr and sneak around and crap. So I thought it felt like it was doing both of those the t my two least favorite parts of Skyward Sword at the same time on one island, and it sucked. <laughs> yeah. It sucked. Yeah. It, you know what? I, I kind of mentioned to, to Mossies that, like, you know, I, I felt like... I felt like Skyward Sword and Age of, or Oracle of Ages didn't have that much difference between their pacing, because everybody always complains about the pacing of Skyward Sword. And yeah. I was just like... I don't know that I would necessarily say that the pacing of Oracle of Ages is that high either. And it's because of like sequences like this where it's like, uh, I mean, God, it just like it grinds to a halt, like really. Um, and you know what? It's it's basically just another big puzzle. And like you have to do the proper the proper order of items to get to the end. But yeah, my God, this I feel like this just took so, so, so long to to finally get all of your stuff and get into the dungeon. This is the moment that I realized because I did the first two dungeons pretty quickly and I was like, all right, this game has good pacing. I'll be fine, you know, getting this done in a week and, a ch and some change. Um, this was the point where I was like, oh, I messed up my timing of playing this game completely. This is where I was like, uh, uh I need more time than I gave myself. I, I managed to finish, but I, I should have given myself more time. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it took it took forever. It took forever. Um, luckily, I think that this is right about the time after this, though, where you get to to interact with all of your animal buddies and you kind of get to meet each one and, and hang out with each one. And I really, really love that. I I can't put it over enough. Like how much I just like think that their inclusion is like so charming. And uh, you get to the great Moblin kind of side boss after this too. So like. Luckily, right after, I would say, like, a lot of it in the overworld section is, like, very, very charming. Even the Gorons, when you go there, uh, I remember Allison hating, like, having to do the Goron dance to to get your stuff. And you know what? <laughs> yeah. Even that wasn't as bad as I remember. It wasn't, it wasn't terrible. It's, uh, I dare say it was actually even, like, somewhat fun once you kind of got into it. And uh, I was just like, okay, like... And, and after that, I was like, I was having a good time again. Um, yeah, there was, I think, I think after the fourth dungeon, I think also getting to the fourth dungeon took a while, um, just because of all the climbing around the mountain. I, I was okay with it, but it was, it still took a while, but I think going to the fifth and sixth dungeons weren't so bad. Like, I was just like, oh, this is fine. Um... I do like the animal parts. Like I said, I, I didn't know. I was a little ignorant about the fact that you only get to have one. And I didn't know before I had already chosen one. So I went and bought the flute inside the uh, store. So that means I automatically get Dimitri. I didn't know you there was other ways to get the other two. Because I wanted Ricky. I like Ricky a lot. He's my favorite. So I was kind of bummed. But I like Dimitri. And Dimitri can swim. And that's pretty good. So I like that. 
Uh, yeah, I did the exact same thing, actually. I would have probably picked Moosh. I'm a Moosh guy. I like Moosh. <laughs> Moosh is cute, too, but I like being in Ricky's little pouch. It, Link's little head sticking out over it is so cute. <laughs> yeah, Ricky, Ricky's pretty sweet, too. Yeah, you know what? All, all of them. All of them are pretty cool, but... Although, I do have a question. I do have a question. When you use Ricky to get up to Tingle... Ricky, like, makes this side comment. He's like, I don't really like this guy that much. And I'm like, dude, what's your problem with Tingle? <laughs> <laughs> I, you know what? I feel like most people don't like our man, right? Like, <laughs> I mean, not to spin off into a different conversation, but if you've ever played uh, Ripened Balloon Trip of Love, you know <laughs> that, like, everybody thinks that he is, like, disgusting and, like, perverted. Oh, and uh, maybe he is. I don't know. Our, our man definitely gets a bad rap, though. That's for sure. Jesus. All right. <laughs> um, so I I actually really like... You said that you had some notes about um, Zora's Village in particular. I really, really like the idea of Zora's Village. I thought that it was really executed, like, very well. And in fact, I really, really like how Oracle of Ages does, like, underwater swimming. I think it's, like, really well done, actually. Um until you get to the mermaid suit, but I'll talk about that in a second. But I, I yeah, I think that the concept of just like going underwater and like you can swim under there and it's it's almost like a third section of the map where like like there's the above part and then the the past, but there's also like the underwater part. I thought that this was like done really, really well. What did you think? Um, yes. So I'm I'm curious to see what you said about the mermaid suit because I also made a note about it. But I think it's really cool that something in like a 2D game making it feel almost 3D where you like go underwater and you're all of a sudden in this village and it's really pretty too like the Zora's village is um super pretty the the sprites are pretty and so I really appreciated that and thought that was really neat because it was more than just the like Link's Awakening you're kind of in a new screen where you're like in a Mario world kind of underwater yeah that's how that's how I think of it usually, but this was different. It felt like I was in a in Ocarina of Time or something for like half a second in those specific portions. So I, I agree that it's almost like a third part of the map, and it's pretty cool because you see the upside of it over, um, above water, but then you can go down below, and you're like in this new area. So that's cool. Yeah, uh, I, I agree. It's very pretty, very well done. I think we might have the same critique, though, here, I'm going to guess. I don't like I don't like using the mermaid suit like at all actually, um, and for the specific reason of like you constantly need to press forward to move. It's like, yes. dude, just just let me swim like regular. Like, just let me just let me hold that button down. Just let me press A to go a little bit faster, and we're gonna be all good. But like, you have to constantly press the button. And to me, playing on my 3DS using the joystick is like really awkward. So then then I use the D pad which is a lot smaller, but then, like, I get back onto land, and it's like, oh, I'm still using the D-pad, I need to stop, and I need to go <laughs> and move my thumb to the to the joystick again, and that's another, it's, it's small, I mean, like, doing that takes, like, half of a second, but it's just another little thing that, like, I feel like maybe slows the game down just a little bit. What do you, what say you? Yeah, um, so I wonder if this is like a universal feeling that people have had because you described my experience with this almost exactly. When I got into the water, I'm like, 
and just like holding forward and I'm like why am I not going anywhere what is happening I know this is supposed to make me swim faster why am I not swimming at all so <laughs> I was really confused and then I finally figured out that you have to like constantly hit the over button or whatever button to move him so I also went down to the d-pad and I mean aside from that change um where it was kind of just like weird that your brain was trained to swim a certain way and now you're like all of a sudden having to swim a different way so it was kind of like it kind of threw me off but I think mermaid link is so cute he's like got this little fish fin and he's just swimming through the water <laughs> nobody can see me right now but I, I'm like wiggling like <laughs> mermaid link in the water <laughs> and I, I at least thought the like sprite looked really cute when he had the fin on um, it did, yeah. otherwise, it, otherwise it was just such a weird change and it didn't explain to you that it was going to change. No directions were given. You're just kind of like sitting there like, why am I not moving? Yeah, it's, it's weird. Oh, also, also, am I just dumb? Can you not use sword when you're, when you're in the mermaid suit underwater? Cause I swear to God that you could when you have the flippers, but then all of a sudden I'm trying to use the sword underwater with the mermaid suit and I couldn't. No, you you are not dumb. You are not. Because okay. I was like <laughs> the same way. Because there are certain rooms um, in the dungeon where you can use the uh, like the sword. But then you, you, you have to equip it to A instead of B. Because B is your diving button. So oh. that's, that's limiting. But then sometimes you just can't use it. Even if you equipped it to A or not. So yeah, it's... Again, there's there's probably more of a rhyme or reason than I've just described, but like, I feel like sometimes I was like, okay, I can use my sword in here, and then sometimes I was like, nope, I guess, I guess not. I guess it's the switch hook or or the long switch or whatever. Um, I just use the seed shooter for most most things at that point because I was just like, I don't know why I can't use my sword all of a sudden. So yeah, I, I use the seed shooter. Yeah, and and I think that that's kind of a victim of you know, being on the Game Boy Color where you have limited buttons and, like, yeah, you know, you yeah, you have to use one button to surface up, so it really limits your ability to use items, which I think kind of also grinds down the game. Again, when you get to uh, Jabba Jabba's Belly, particularly, but uh, I may be jumping ahead of myself here. Um, I guess, you know what, I guess, Al, let's just talk about the dungeons, because I feel like the dungeons are such uh, an integral part of this game. And like, I, I think that more time is spent in the dungeons than in the actual overworld. I don't know if you'd agree with that or not, but to me, it just felt like these dungeons are really, really long. Um, yeah. You know, it's kind of sad to say, because I, I remember liking some of the dungeons a couple. I was just like, eh, I really don't like how long this is. I'm really bored. But the thing is that they're so long and sometimes the sequences that get to them are so long that I, don't remember a lot of details from each dungeon i put a few notes so that helps me but like otherwise i'm just like okay i went to dungeon one dungeon two <laughs> so that's kind oh, of yeah. sad I, I did the same I, thing i did the same thing yeah okay it's kind of sad to me that i don't rem like you play a game like ocarina of time you know every single dungeon you know like what you're you did there because it's so memorable but these are so long and so ugh, that i just i forgot most of them to be honest yeah, you know what, I was going to end on this thought, but actually, let, I'll just begin on this thought. I think that after the first two dungeons, uh, each dungeon is a little bit too long for its own good. Like, just a little bit too long. 
Um, some of them are, are much longer than others. Like in the, and some of them are much more offensive than others and how long they are. But yeah, I think that, uh, even, even the strong dungeons, like, like Moonlight Grotto and Wing Dungeon, I think are both really fun. But even those just, they just go a bit too long. Um, I, I would have liked to have them, I don't know, be a little bit more crisp, a little bit more short and snappy. Uh, which which sounds kind of ridiculous because like you know you're playing a video game you obviously want it to be as long and as good of an experience as it can be but I do think that sometimes like less is more and and the dungeons in this game I feel like are a good example of that to me. Yeah, I think that it just lacked balance so I it could have gone either way and I would have been happy if it had kept the same amount of dungeons. There's eight plus the the dark tower, black tower, whatever it's called. Um, so there's the eight main dungeons. If they had kept them a little bit shorter on the shorter side, but still kept the puzzles, then I think it would have been fine. But if they wanted to keep the long, the longevity of the dungeons, I think they should have stopped at five. I think it was about five where I was like, okay, I could really finish the game now and be happy. Yeah. I, I mean, like you, you kind of look at the Minish Cap and um, the final dungeon in that game, the Palace of Winds, like, that's one of the longest dungeons in, like, the Zelda series, like, that's a long dungeon, and I feel like some of the latter dungeons in this game aren't that much shorter than Palace of Winds, and it, it and it's, like, one after another after another, and it's, like, they're all, I shouldn't say all, a lot of them are, like, really, really fun, don't get me wrong, but then, like, it just, yeah, it's, like, it's, like, okay, I had pizza for breakfast, I had pizza for lunch, I had pizza for dinner, and now I'm having pizza as a midnight snack. Like, I love pizza, but I kind of, <laughs> you know, I'm sick of pizza. <laughs> yeah, fair. Fair enough. <laughs> um, that being said, that being said, I do think that Ages has, like, really, really great dungeon items, for the most part. For the most part. Um, the Seed Shooter, I think, is really, really cool. Uh, the Long Switch is cool. Just using the different kinds of seeds are cool. They're They're kind of, like... They're kind of like nifty upgrades or reinterpretations of, like, the classic items. So, like, instead of a bow, we have the seed shooter. Instead of the hook shot, we got the long switch or whatever, right? I will say that uh, I complained about this in Link's Awakening. I'm going to complain about it here. I hate that the power bracelet is an item. And I extra hate when the power bracelet is an item twice in a game. Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> It, it did seem kind of like, um, and I know Ocarina of Time did this too, but like, you, you get the the majority of the items early on, and then you kind of are upgrading them at the end. So, you you think you're getting a new, more powerful item by the end, but really you're just getting another uh, power gauntlet, or you're getting the long shot instead of the, the, the short one. <laughs> you know? So, it's like... And, and, you know, it was kind of funny, too, because I, I think I was in Jabba Jabba's Valley, and I was like, wow, another water temple, another long switch. Yeah. <laughs> it's basically, like, uh, it, straight out of Ocarina of Time. So I, it's just, it kind of sucks when you're, like, at that point and you think you're going to get something more powerful or more cool. I, for some reason, thought there was going to be a hammer in this game. I don't know why. Um, but, yeah, it's just, like, an upgraded version of... Uh, something you've already gotten, which kind of is lame. Yeah, I, I think that the, uh, I think that the the items that you get in like the last couple dungeons, which are just the upgrades, are like, you know, yeah, th those are kind of lame. But I I do think that you do get some pretty good items for the most part. 
Um, it, like particularly at the front end of the dungeons here. Um, uh, I want to, you know what? I can't remember how long ago we did this. It seems like forever ago, but we were talking about the best intro dungeons in the series. And I think that we might've done spirit's grave a disservice by not really mentioning it in that regard. I, you know what? Power bracelet aside as the, as the, as the item for the dungeon, I really thought that this was like a, a really kind of cool, dungeon like a really nice intro dungeon i love the spooky aesthetic pumpkin head rules uh I, I i really like this dungeon um i do have in my notes that i thought it was a decent pace and fun i uh, it sucks that i can't remember it so well so um i'm just but thinking about like the pacing and the puzzle knowing the puzzle aspect of the game i think it did well to introduce what i was going to be seeing for the rest of the game so you could be right there that it does it could fit on our list of good intro dungeons. And then Pumpkinhead was cool because this is a boss that people have been telling me about, especially Goo. So I was just like, what the heck is a Pumpkinhead? And then <laughs> and then I got to fight him and I was like, oh, this is Pumpkinhead. All right, he's cool. I liked him. Uh, somebody out there with a good Dusty Rhodes voice, tell uh, say Pumpkinhead to us because, yeah, he, he rules. Uh, you know what? We also did a disservice here, Allison, when a couple weeks ago... We covered our worst bosses of the series, and we oh, left out yes. we left out one of the the top runners here, like a contender for the crown. We left out Headthwomp, who is just the worst. a dreadful boss, just dreadful. You know, I I kind of wish that we had waited because this would have definitely made my list of awful bosses. It's just, the concept is fine. It's cool, I guess. But it's so dumb. Like, I'm being spit at by fireballs while I'm trying to... And the bomb throwing is not that great in this game. So, it's... I had I had to do a pacing thing with myself where I counted whenever the red face would show up. <laughs> and then I'd throw the bomb. Yep. And then the pace would speed up. And I'm like, ah, crap. I have no rhythm. Like, what? I can't do this. <laughs> oh. I died so many times. But I'll tell you what. Think... This the virtual console of this game where you can have the restore points is both a gift and a curse because you can make restore points before you go into a boss that you're probably going to die a million times to but you could also accidentally restore a past uh restore point cuz you were meant to create one but you restored the past one and you went back a whole dungeon which I totally did Yikes. this playthrough which Are sucks. you playing are you playing this on Wii U? Uh, no, 3DS. Oh, okay, okay. I got the virtual console for the 3DS. So, thankfully, it was early on, but that if I had done that later, I probably would have given up because it was awful. Yikes. Yeah, the, this guy is... I'm debating if I should use this word, but I, I think I'm gonna. This this boss fight is miserable. <laughs> it's, it's no <laughs> good. It, it takes forever because you're just like... So, you can stand up in the corner... Right? And you can avoid all of the, the fireballs, or pretty much all of the fireballs, unless you hit them in the blue section. But, oh god, it takes forever. You only have ten bombs at this point. It's like, this this fight this fight is miserable. It's it's no good. And actually, I'm going to single out another boss fight, which I, I don't like at all. And I know that a lot of people really do. So I'm curious to see where you weigh in on this. But, Smog. This fight... Was also no, miserable. No, I hated smog. Ugh. So yeah, 
I, uh, first of all, so this is where you get the cane and you can create blocks and stuff. And, like, I think that the concept of this is kind of cool. And it's, like, it's a very Oracle of Ages boss fight, right? Like, it's 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 a puzzle. It's not, it's not like, an actual boss fight. But I, I didn't know that you could actually do, like, diagonal blocks or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, put it on the diagonal portion of the block. So I was, like, trying to make oh. square lines and I was just getting flustered and... It took me absolutely forever to do this boss. I know a lot of people out there really like this. I can understand why it is a very different boss fight. This one wasn't doing it for me. Yeah, I said in my notes, I enjoyed fighting Smasher more than Smog. Smog was a very clever fight, but annoying. So I I did like that you kind of had to try and think to connect his pieces, but... He was also spinning like fire at you at like ev- from yeah. everywhere. And it was really freaking annoying. So I'm like trying to make a block and he's spinning fire and then I missed my window that I was going to connect the block and uh, I <laughs> I yeah, I also I get triggered by his name now. <laughs> I don't like smog at all. Um so I think that uh I think that like I said earlier, I think both Moonlight Grotto and Wing Dungeon were were really really fun. Those were really good dungeons. Um, and actually, you know what? I think that Skull Dungeon was fun as well. I think that we hit our first snag when we got to um, the Crown Dungeon, which, you know, has our boy Smog. I think that that is the first dungeon that I was like, eh, you know what? This one isn't that great. Really? I um I think Skull Dungeon and Crown Dungeon are my favorite, aside from Smog at the end. I really? think those two... Yeah, I think I really liked the music in Skull Dungeon. I thought it was I thought it was a bop. And um but the symmetry thing I really appreciated because I like uh straightforward direction for the Skull Dungeon. So I I thought it was a very straightforward dungeon and I liked that especially after the longevity of the last two where I was just like or not the last two, the last one getting to the last one. So I was just like, "Oh, this is such a nice break of pace." And then um crown dungeon i always liked those ones with the colored blocks the red and blue color colored blocks so you got those like from link to the past um i I guess i don't like the one in phantom hourglass but like in general i kind of like the puzzle aspect of having the certain colored blocks down or up so i definitely liked it i just didn't like the boss fight at the end yeah I, i maybe that's why i didn't like it i don't mind that uh like the the different color blocks and the switches and stuff but it feels um I don't, I don't know even how to put this. It just, it feels like very generic Legend of Zelda to me. Like, it, it doesn't, like, that doesn't feel like something Oracle of Ages did. You know what I mean? It just feels like that's something that the Zelda series does. And it's, like, kind of a trope that we throw into our 2D dungeons to, you know, to move them along. And it just kind of feels, especially when, Fair like, enough. you have these 2D games where it's hard to really have um, a, a dungeon aesthetic because you're limited in what your graphics can do and can look like. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I thought it was a little bit, uh, it was a little bit weak. I will say that, uh, um, I think that this game has consistently weak boss battles. I, I think that, like, the best boss battles are, like, pretty good, and the worst boss battles are just, like, incredibly frustrating. I don't know if you'd agree with that or not. Um... I think it's hard to say. I felt pretty neutral about most of them. In fact, I kind of it kind of felt like you were fighting two bosses in one dungeon because even the mini boss felt like a boss fight. 
So I I kind of like that. It felt like a halfway point and then the end of the dungeons. Um, uh, I I liked Shadow Hag. I thought that was kind of clever where you had to have fi- bounce the fire off the walls. Uh, um, yeah, I, I agree. The arm. Yeah, and I like Armos Warrior because he had to fight him with his own weapon, which is kind of cool. Icer was annoying. I don't like that one. Um, so, yeah, I guess I would say that, you know, the ones I liked, I liked. And the ones that I were was like, oh, this is annoying, kind of felt like a chore. So I guess I could agree to that extent. Yeah, I, like, I think I feel that way even more so after uh, playing Oracle of Seasons. And Seasons kind of has an advantage in that category because they're all, like, bosses from the original Legend of Zelda, just, like, reimagined so it like by that virtue right there they're a little bit more charming and more personal but yeah i i feel like you know i feel like the standouts for me were shadow hag and pumpkin head and like those boss fights are like just kind of like they're fun but they're not like wow like this boss fight was like really awesome so yeah i i feel like uh bosses weren't exactly you know i wouldn't hang my hat on oracle of ages having fantastic bosses um one thing that, and I feel like you'll agree with this too. One thing that uh, Oracle of Ages can definitely hang its hat on and uh, and say that it continued a proud tradition is having a incredibly complicated water dungeon. Dude, <laughs> I was doing Jabu Jabu's Belly, yeah. and like it's a fun dungeon. Don't get me wrong, it's it's fun, but like it took me forever, forever to do this dungeon. Oh my god, I was probably in this dungeon for like an hour. Uh, my, I was like confused, backwards, forwards, up, flipped upside down, lost. I was just like, "Oh my god, this was, this was like playing the Water Temple for the first time in Alcarina of Time to me." Um, this is fair, and I will be completely honest. I was so tired because I did this one really, really late the other night. Um, I was so tired and maybe a little delirious that I literally just read the guide <laughs> um, word for word and followed it, and it was long, um, and it was a little bit confusing still, but I made it through, and I don't remember a thing of it. <laughs> oh, so, so this... Like, that's kind of sad. <laughs> this is, like, literally, it's like the Water Temple from Ocarina of Time. You have the classic, like, you need to to raise and lower all of the water right. in the dungeon. You get your hook shot. You... The angler fish comes back by God. <laughs> and you know what? He's yeah, actually, he's he kind of hard in this. Well, he's not kind of hard, but he's much harder than he is in Link's Awakening. Oh, I mean, I, I thought he was really easy. And I was just like, oh, I made the note of another sad angler fish because all I had to do was <laughs> shoot a seed up at him. He would fall on top of me and I would just start him like, and I did that. Like, he he is easy, he but he, he's harder than he was in Link's Awakening. I will say that I did like I did remember Plasmarine and I did like that fight. Uh, kind of like yeah, yeah that that fight was like okay. Twin Rova, yeah, it was kind of like a Twin Rova thing where you switched the colors so that he got hit by his previous power, which was cool. I liked that at least. But like I was, yeah, I was just so out of it when I did that dungeon, and maybe that's a good thing because maybe I'm actually repressing bad yeah. memories or something. <laughs> if, if I if I needed to do it again, I would just go straight to zeldadungeon.net i'd click That's oracle exactly of ages <laughs> and i would follow that walkthrough guide step by step room by room because oh my <laughs> oh my god i was just like i was just ready to move on from that dungeon uh by like the midway point by the time i got to the anglerfish i was like surely this has to be near the end of the dungeon and it was not 
Um, but but I feel like that is uh, kind of counterbalanced by the ancient tomb, which I feel like ancient tomb is one of the great 2D Zelda dungeons. And there is like a ton of absurd puzzles in here. It's got that room where, like, that giant room where you have to walk all along the tiles and, and turn them red. And that's frustrating. Oh, yeah. And, like, it has kind of a lame dungeon item with the power glove. And that's frustrating. And it uses, like, the spinning wheel gimmick that a lot of 2D Zelda uses. And that's frustrating. But, like, man, this I feel like this is, like, it's a long dungeon. But I feel like it really did a good job of, like, having kind of an atmosphere and a vibe which... Uh, really worked. Um, fun, fun mini boss. It had uh, it had a lot of like really good puzzles, and this one did take a long time. But I don't I, I don't know what it was. I feel like this one just like really really worked for me. Maybe I was just happy because I knew that this was like the last dungeon. But uh, it, it, there's like there's even like a side quest in this dungeon where you got to collect all of the like the stones to get into the the final part there. Um, yeah, I, I thought that, uh, that this was really fun. Ramrock was a fun boss. So I, I really, uh, I really liked this dungeon. It was a nice dungeon to kind of end on. Yeah, I had two highlights from this dungeon. I think, I think if I, um, had given myself more time to play, uh, this game, that I might have felt a little bit differently about it. But by this point, it was the last dungeon. I just got done with Jabba Jabba's belly that I barely remember. And I was just like, oh, I'm so over this. I just want to be done. I want to go to the last portion of this game. So it kind of like, I was kind of dragging my feet through it. But I did like Blue Stolfos. I always like a good like tennis match boss fight. That's yes. always fun. Um, and Ramrock was cool because it was like a culmination of all my favorite fights from the game so far. Like basically you were doing things that you had done before already so i thought that was cool he had like four phases and and he just felt like he felt like a good end to all the dungeons before him yeah yeah i agree um all right al any anything you want to add about any of these dungeons before we move on yes i think it should have stopped at five <laughs> i don't i think I don't we, and i'm pretty sure i think i'm pretty sure we basically glossed over over mermaid's cave but Mermaid's Cave had the one of the best dynamics. It just was long. I, I like the past and present aspect of it. It's just like the Spirit Temple or um, uh, Skull Woods, I think, from the Link to the Past or whatever. Mm. Or in Link Between Worlds. Yeah. So I, the, the gimmick before it was cool. It was just so long. And, and, of course, you got the mermaid suit. So you were just, like, annoyed because you had to change your swimming. Yeah. So... Other than that, yeah, I just think it was just too many dungeons for how long they were. I liked puzzles in them. I liked uh, the gimmicks of each. There are some boss battles I liked more than others. It just shocked me how much they fit into this game. I, I really had no idea. Yeah. You know what? I, I, like, I truly believe it's like this is, this is too much of a good thing. Um, and, and maybe it's because we were kind of playing this game within the course of a week to prepare for the show. Maybe that has something yeah. to do with it, but I think so. Yeah. Like I, I look at Minish Cap, which is one of my favorite Zelda games and that game has five dungeons. And I think that that's totally fine. Like it, it totally works and, uh, it, it doesn't need to be, it, they don't need to have anything more. Like each one of those dungeons has a theme is, is like well thought out long enough for what it needs to be. 
Um, I feel like, and even even seasons, which we'll talk about next week when we like dive specifically into the dungeons. Um, eight was a little bit much for these dungeons, and I and I get why they did that because Link's Awakening had done that, and you know, Link to the Past had had a numerous amount of dungeons as well. But uh, yeah, it, it was a little bit too much and too long, and um, you know, I like all of these dungeons were very, very puzzle focused you know as oracle of ages tends to be but uh again like even getting to them also requires like a lot of puzzling on the overworld so a little bit a little bit too much of a good thing but i mean that's a small complaint i feel like right like it's yeah. uh yeah. overall it certainly just certainly doesn't bring the game down but you you do notice it especially when you're playing it in a in a compacted amount of time I agree, and I was actually just thinking of something, because I know Mossies and Mosley, um, they speedrun this game for the marathon, and I'm wondering how long it takes them to do it, because I'm trying to think, if I played this again, I could definitely cut, like, six or seven hours off, but, like, it's still a really, really long game, you know? Like, I can't imagine doing this within even eight hours, to be honest. Like, it's just so, it's just that long. Yeah. Yeah, I, that would be uh, that would be unfathomable to me <laughs> to like oh do Jabu Jabu's okay. belly in a quick succession. Like, I'm looking it up right now, and Mozzie's has three hours and fifty two minutes for Oracle of Ages. That How? is disgusting. Um, How? We're we're running long here, but I feel like we've got a lot left to cover here, Al. If you don't, if you're if you're good to keep going, I'm good to keep going. Yeah, let's keep going. All right, let's bring it home. Let's talk about the story of Oracle of Ages. And uh, you know what? I think that this has somewhat of an underrated story. Now, I'm not saying it's it's fantastic or anything like that, but it's simple and it's effective. I think that you have a collection of characters that, like, they're not super fleshed out or anything like that, but I think that they do their job pretty well um i think that ralph is a really good addition i think that uh queen ambi was good and the maku tree i thought in this game is like very very charming actually um so i i think that like you know there's i wouldn't say that there's any standout like non-playable characters aside from maybe like the the 2d versions of like the 3d characters that we already know but Mm -hmm. i think that the story for what it is is actually you know, it's actually pretty good. Yeah, for, you know, all things considered. Yeah, it's a decent um it for what it is, for what the game is, I think it's a decent story. It's kind of funny how I I'm looking through my notes and how I feel about Ralph at the beginning, the middle and the end. <laughs> and it's not bad. It's just that I'm like, why is he so dramatic? He's just so extra extra af and <laughs> i'm just like what is, what is he doing like what is his purpose and then i realized his purpose at the end and i was like oh ralph he's such a good guy like what a stand-up little dude i i really liked ralph at the end yeah he he had a good little arc i feel like because you you meet him and you're and you're thinking like okay this guy's gonna be kind of a jerk like he's kind of like like gary oak or or maybe even Groose <laughs> to to us or whatever here and he right. never really kind of gets there. He's always, like, kind of supportive, but he does say, like, yeah, I'm going to be the one to rescue uh, Nehru or whatever. Um, so I think that he's probably the standout character. It's cool at the end when you when you find out that, like, like he knows that he's a descendant of Queen Ambi, and, like, he knows that by destroying her, he's going to basically... 
destroy himself and he's willing to do that so i i you know i give a little bit of uh, a little bit of props to our boy ralph yeah i thought it was really uh sweet when like farron was talking to him like why are you doing this you know you're gonna die if you do this and he's like he's like just standing by and watching is not me and i'm like oh what a, what, a, what a swell guy. I liked him a lot. <laughs> but he's still really extra. I just think he really wants to be a hero. And uh, and he wanted to show up Blink a little bit because Nehru's his girl. And, you know, and he's like a descendant from the queen. And he has to make this big sacrifice. But I'm, I'm glad that he's fine in the end. And I thought it was really cute in, like, the credit scenes where you see him and Link kind of training. And <laughs> Link still kind of wipes the floor with him. But it's cute. You know, so I like their relationship, their friendship as it grows. I did like the Max tree, and I thought it was kind of funny that she wanted to marry Link after I loved that. he saved her. <laughs> <laughs> just like I'm just like all these, all these, uh, all these characters just want to marry Link after he saves them, and it's just cute. Um, and Impa was a cool addition. She um, really like I, I just thought it was cool seeing her there because it's not like standard Zelda where you're seeing, like, the standard Zelda characters. So I kind of liked having one of those standard Zelda characters in there, you know, just, like, saying, yes, this is a Zelda game. I don't know. It just kind of felt like... Oh, uh, okay. I, I can see that. I, I think that this is, like, the worst-looking version of Impa. She just looks like... Oh, well, yeah. I mean, I understand what you're saying. I just kind of like... It was a comfort having her there, I guess. And um, Varen was a good villain. I was a little worried at the end, though, and I guess this is a linked game thing um, where Twinrova, the sisters show up. And I'm like, is this going to be like, am I, is my girl Varen just like here for no purpose at all? You know, <laughs> I was a little worried about that. Right. Yeah. You know, I, I think that uh, I wrote down that Varen is a serviceable villain. Like I, you know, she's there to drive the plot forward. Um she doesn't need to do much more than she does in the game. Uh, I don't need to know any more about Varen than I do. I, I think that she, you know, she was, she was serviceable. She was fine. She was okay. She was good enough for what this game was. And yeah. like I said, I was kind of worried. And um, so I'm guessing that twin Rova shows up with the linked version of the game. Yes. Because it has that end credit scene where you finish, you beat Varen and you finish the game. Yay. And then the witches are like, yeah, there's still crap going on, you know. It, but the game's over, so. <laughs> yeah, we're 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 not done with uh, Twin Marova. We might even talk about them next week if uh, if I make it that far. Um, yeah, you know what? Uh, Varen was okay. Um, I think that the the most interesting character in the game, actually, to me, was Queen Ambi because she's kind of like an odd character. I feel like um, so she wasn't possessed. At the beginning of the game, Nehru was possessed, but Ambi still kind of goes along with this horrible plan about like using like slave labor to build this tower. But you, right. you find out that she's doing it like for love, and she's trying to find her like long lost love. So like she's kind of like a Shades of Grey character, which which I dig. She kind of talks down to Link at the end of the game when when he's been rescued, and actually. If you're, like, in my linked game in Oracle of Seasons, Ambi shows up in that game at multiple, like, points. She's kind of hanging out and actually does reunite with her long-lost love, which is kind of fun. But, uh, well, he, he, he unfortunately is a skeleton pirate, so 
Their reunion oh. isn't super happy, but yeah, <laughs> no. I, I don't know. She she was like an interesting character that I thought was like, you know, I I thought that she was like a villain, but she's not really a villain, but she's also not exact. She's no Princess Zelda. Let's just say that. Yeah, kind of like Hilda, maybe like doing what you need to get to, you know, save your. Well, I guess for her, it's for her love, but she, Hilda was doing it for her people and that kind of thing. You just sometimes your moral compass goes a little haywire when you're doing things out of love. Right. So that makes sense. I honestly didn't pay that much attention to her, but I, I'm glad you brought that up because yeah, it does per- put some of her in perspective. Um, but I was, I think I mostly paid attention to Ralph. So that's, that's who my standout character is for this. Yeah. I, I mean, I would say that the two of them to me were both, uh, they were the standouts to me. Uh, Nehru actually was not very much of a standout in this game. And it's kind of a shame because it's really her own game. But um, I kind of wonder, I kind of wonder if that was like intentional because she's named after the goddess, uh, like yeah. one of the goddesses. And it's like, you maybe they, I don't know if it's this deep, but you don't want that much intervention from somebody named after a divine goddess or something. Maybe that's a little too deep for this game, but you never know. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Like she, I mean, you know, she was basically the damsel in distress, and they didn't really do a whole lot else with her. Uh, Din is the exact same way in Oracle of Seasons, and in fact, Princess Zelda shows up in a linked game, and she is the exact same way. So, not really batting hundred for you know our our titular characters here, but uh, again, I, I think that the story is simple and doesn't need to be. A whole lot more than it really is so that's okay you know what's you know what yeah. you know what is one thing that i noticed here is that uh this game says hyrulean instead of hylian which always sticks out to me i think somebody explained this to me actually and i'm gonna butcher this explanation but like hylian is the people but hyrulean is the totally encompassing uh thing so like it is this this where are we at like or whatever it's called yeah um is this part of like hyrule kingdom or is it separate you get you it got has, me like, all the same it has all the same beings that you would call hyrulean if they were in hyrule so it makes me wonder if it's just a part portion of the bigger picture uh maybe uh yeah totally maybe uh it, it that always sticks out to me though because i feel like Hyrulean is kind of uh, awkward to say, and Hylian feels very, very crisp, very clean. Yeah, I, I get you there. Yeah, I, I, I somebody explained that to me one day, and I was like, "Oh, that makes so much sense." Uh, somebody come explain it to me over on Twitter at Spateri three sixteen. Uh, <laughs> let's really quickly talk about the music. There, I mean, there's not much to talk about, right? Like, you can no, only you really. can only do so much with the Game Boy Color uh, sound processors and sound chips. So, like, the the music is is going to be you know, it's going to be a bit lacking. I think that the music here is, like, mostly pretty okay. I would say that I think that Link's Awakening has uh, better music. Um, I think that even Seasons, I might be tempted to say, has a little bit better music. But uh, I did have a standout track here, which is um, Nehru's theme, actually. I thought that the the game kind of uses the, the limited, like, technology that it has to make this like really almost like ominous, creepy sounding theme. And I thought that that sounded really good. Also the Goron theme was really nice. 
Yeah, Goron theme's always fun. Um, I'm, my three standouts are uh, Skull Dungeon. I really like the music from there. I really like the music from the first cave that you go into where you're going to find the Maka Tree. I thought it was really cute. And then I hated the music when you're hunting for the fairies in the Deku Forest. Or oh, God, that was awful. Hated it. It was so annoying. And I was like, even though I was doing this puzzle and I was fine with it at the beginning, by the second time I was like, I don't want to be in this in this area with this music any longer than it had to be. Yeah. Like, I, it was a standout track, but for like, Maybe not the, the maybe not the right reasons. Right. <laughs> um, let's let's talk about some of the uh, the extras in this game, uh, side content and stuff like that. Um, you know what I love is a good trading sequence. I yeah. love me a good trading sequence. This game has a really really nice trading sequence. Uh, so does Seasons. Uh, I I loved it. I I love just like doing that. It's so traditional and nostalgic for Zelda. Um, you know, it, it it's, it's kind of like some people will drive it as just like basic fetch quests and stuff like that. But I feel like, I, I don't know what it is. I just really love me a good trading sequence. Yeah. And this one, like it molded so well with the, the de- general direction of the game. Yes. It was pretty linear. Yes. So I really appreciated that too. And it just made it like, it wasn't easy, but like when you found the character that you were supposed to trade with, you're just like, Oh, I got your thing. Um, I think that probably the most questionable part of it was definitely the bag of poo that you get. <laughs> like that was, you're just carrying around a bag of poo around Crescent Island for a while. It's, it, I would be concerned. <laughs> I loved that. Like, uh, I just, I loved that the hand is there and he's still <laughs> looking for paper. He still has got some mess to clean up. I I love it. I love it. Let's talk about the, the heart pieces here uh, for a quick sec. Such as they are, because there's not very many, actually. There's only 12. Um, I feel like you got the first four heart pieces, like, right away like they were like instantly visible they were easy to get and then after that i feel like they were like kind of spread out few and far between and then i never actually got all of the heart pieces I, i'm still missing two and that's because both of the the last two heart pieces are like random which i don't like at all like you have to get one from a gasha tree or a gashi nut and then you have to get one from Maple. And I think that both of those are annoying because they're just random encounters. Yeah, I I would agree if I tried to do them, but I didn't. So <laughs> I got the first eight. I think by seven, I was kind of, again, it was at that point where I was at Dungeon 5. And I was really just kind of done with the game. Mm-hmm. So by the point where I was trying to get the last four... And um, especially with all the extra side content at that point, after I think what Mermaid's Cave or whatever, I just like bypassed it. I was like, no, I'm not going for that. I need to finish this game right now because we're going to talk about it in a couple days. So I need to finish it. So I I appreciated the side content up until where I stopped getting it um, just so I could finish the game. I think it's paced okay, but yeah, those two random ones would be annoying. That's like that's like Phantom Hourglass um, trying to get all the ship parts. You know, sometimes yeah. it's like random and it's annoying because you want a hundred percent the game, but how, how how long are you gonna have to do that? Yeah. So yeah, not uh, not a ton of um, like not a ton of hard pieces to collect. You do get to go to that uh, that Goron mini game, like the mini shooting game in the cart, 
which is like bonkers hard. I feel like, I don't know if I just suck, but like, man, I, I am not good at that. I actually, I did that and, uh, I got a linked game, um, secret from doing that. So I felt all proud of myself last night. I was pumping my fist a little bit and, uh, I got bomb chews in the game from doing that, which is also kind of nice. But, uh, yeah, that, that was, I never got the boomerang. Cause I just like, um, or no, that was from the the sword game actually, which is also yeah. really hard. Awful. I feel like I'm I was horrible at that. What about you? Yes, I and you know it's actually I really like the baseball game from uh, Link Between Worlds. So I was kind of thinking it is pretty much the same. It's just that you have a 2D limit space mm-hmm. and not enough time to kind of not enough time or moves to kind of gauge which spot you need to be for things to go the way you want i did get the boomerang but i did have to do it several times um uh the shooting one where you're in the cart was okay i did have to do it a few times just because of that corner one um you have to hit in the corner diagonally so that one was kind of tough but it was okay and i agree with you what you said way earlier on about the dancing my problem was that i was like I already know how to do the dancing because I remember it from seasons, but it's not the same as seasons at all. So (laughs) I sucked (laughs) at the first part. And then I was like, okay, please explain to me how I'm supposed to do this. And they do it based on two buttons and rhythm instead of direction. Yes. The the cape people. What are they called? Sprosians? Sprosians, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I remember that one from my childhood. (laughs) I remember that from my childhood. My brothers and I sitting there trying to dance with those guys and it was a lot of fun but the goron dancing is definitely different but it's not bad you know what? i actually i don't think either of them are as bad as i remember them being because i i remember both of them i was just like oh god not this but uh, yeah both of them are were I, w- I wouldn't say they were fun but they weren't too bad um okay well I, al anything that you that you want to throw in here that i missed before we kind of wrap this up um, I, uh, I think we pretty much touched on a lot of things. I think, um, the only thing I would be curious about is maybe quality of life thoughts you might have if this game was remade. You know, I was almost thinking that, uh, you know, I was going to end on some, some thoughts that I had because this, this game is ripe for a remake, but... I think that maybe that should be its own show. What do you think? I think it could. I think it could be too, actually. So I, we should like end there and uh, yeah. save that for another day. I, I think that it could and that it just might be its own show. Maybe we'll do three weeks of Oracle stuff here. Um, but yeah, you know, I think that this is a really, really good Legend of Zelda game, which is very impressive because, you know, this isn't a Nintendo-made Legend of Zelda game. But this one really... Uh, it really is a thinking man's Zelda. I know at the top of the show I said that it, like these games don't lean too, too far into the extremes of puzzles and combat, but you know they definitely do lean into there. Um, at times, I think that Oracle of Ages can be too clever for its own good, you know what I mean? But um, really solid game, really fantastic world, really fantastic use of like kind of the classic Zelda gimmicks and Zelda tropes. And, uh, you know, I think that, I think that both of these games are really slept on, but this ages in particular, I feel like is just very, very rewarding, especially to the people that really love to kind of tinker and do puzzles and like, 
you know, really get enjoyment out of figuring out complex problems and layouts. Um, this is like, I, I would say that this is in the top half of my favorite Zelda games. I really enjoyed it. Um, lots of really, really great stuff here. Really fun dungeons. Uh, definitely some drawbacks and definitely some quality of life, you know, changes that, that could be made. But I, yeah, I, I really love um, Oracle of Ages. What, uh, what's your final verdict after playing it for the first time ever? I'm actually, I was really excited to play it for the first time ever because for the last one, two, three, four, four years that we've done Best Zelda Ever list, I've never been able to put it on my list. So I'm going to put it on my list right now, my 2020 list. And you know what's surprising is I noticed this about a lot of people that we did this list for. We had like 30 writers and they all put the Oracle games in the middle. And I was always like, there's no way I'm going to put mine in the middle. I think I liked it enough, and I think Seasons will get bumped up too because Seasons at number 17 for me right now out of 21. So I would put Oracle right behind Cadence maybe above Four Swords Adventures. Okay. So, and you know what's like crazy? It's above Twilight Princess, above Link to the Past. I think I'm oh, going to yeah. get like attacked for that, but <laughs> I think I enjoyed playing it more than those games. Uh, I I don't disagree. It's at least on the same level as dungeon choreness with Twilight Princess for me. You know what? Yeah, I I don't uh, I don't disagree with you. I, I I'm kind of proud of that actually that she said that. I, I'm I'm vibing with that. Um. <laughs> all right. Well, there we go. Wow. This was uh this was a long one, but I feel like we we did Oracle of Ages uh, justice, which is good because it doesn't always get the recognition that it probably deserves. And uh, we're going to be doing it all over again next week. We're doing the Dungeons of Oracle of Seasons. We're going to be definitively ranking them. I am on the last dungeon right now, so I'm, I'm having a great time there. I also linked up my game, so I got a bunch of cool stuff in, in Oracle of Ages. I got, like, the Master Sword, the Mirror Shield, all this, all this good stuff. But, uh, yeah, that's going to be next week. And uh, we're going to... You know what? I'm, I'm calling the Audible. Let's... Let's do the week after seasons where we'll talk about how these games can be improved and uh, what changes we would love to see, you know, if if and maybe when they ever do get remade. But for now, we're going to get out of here. Uh, you can check us out over on Twitter. I am at Spateri316. Allison is at Allison Aletha. And we are over on Podbean, iTunes, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, go like and subscribe to the Champions cast until that Zelda fanatic in your life where they can get their Zelda fix. Until next week, everybody, happy Valentine's Day and uh, happy Legend of Zelda 35th anniversary. Take care. <laughs>